right, welcome to the Krug Show. Hope everybody's having a good night. 8 o'clock on the West Coast, 11 o'clock on the East Coast, 8.06 to be exact. Happy January the 9th. Welcome to the Pig and a Pickle Krug Show, brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week in both spots from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. We're also brought to you by New York-style Italian sausage, a Marin Auto Glass. Check them out as well, 415-883-3030, New York-style Italian sausage, the only kind of Italian sausage I will eat, and um, Underdog Fantasy and Mojo Fantasy. Check the link in the description and uh, use the promo code Krug, K-R-U-E-G, and they will match you up to your first $100. The great Raj in the house from RSF 49ers. Raj, Happy New Year, man. How are you? Yeah, Happy New Year. I'm doing good. I haven't talked to you since last year, so I'm, I'm doing good. The 49ers are the number one seed. I couldn't be happier, so I'm doing good. How about you, my man? Oh, man, doing good, feeling good. Everything's going well and uh, and uh, getting ready for, for you know this Niner playoff game. We don't know who it's going to be yet. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of things I wanted to talk to you about, but why don't we start right there? Rich Eisen said on his show that he he's like beware of the rams he's like really worried about the rams um and the rams of course if um you know the way it's all shakes out right now if uh, green bay loses to dallas and uh, the rams somehow beat the lions the rams come to levi's for the divisional round are you as you know i don't know worried about the Rams as Rich Eisen seems to be? I don't think I'm as worried as Rich Eisen, but I will say that'll be a tough test. You know, last week was a whatever game. It doesn't really doesn't matter. It doesn't I, I know we're one in one if you really think about it with the Rams this year, but we're one and all against the Rams. Last week it doesn't really matter. But they have a good team. They're trending in the right direction. They're one of the hottest teams in the last like half of the season. Um what they won what, like five out of the last six. They took the Ravens to the brink. Uh, they played them well. Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams is emerging. They have a very solid offensive cast. Matt Stafford, you know, he's been there before. McVay, you know, he's won a Super Bowl before. So absolutely, this is a team that you have to really prepare for. And uh, it's a realistic chance that they can beat the Lions in this first round of the playoffs. So I don't think I'm as worried as Rich Eisen. But yeah, they are a good team and they're trending in the right direction. And in the playoffs, teams that are hot, can make a big run. I remember when the Giants wild card team won the Super Bowl. So yeah, absolutely good team. Uh, keep an eye on them. If you know, if you could choose out of these four teams, the Niners are either going to take on the Bucks, the Eagles, the Rams, or um, or Green Bay. Who's the team that you would like to face the least? The least, um, I guess, probably the Rams. Out of those four teams. Uh, they're probably the most dangerous out of those four teams, if we're being honest with ourselves. The team I'd want to face the most, and not because they're the easiest or whatever, um, Green Bay. I think that would be a fun game uh, to see Jordan Love and, and Brock Purdy, two future you know, quarterbacks uh, that, that could be kind of leading the league in the future. You know, Who knows? Jordan Love had a pretty solid first year at quarterback, and Brock Purdy's trending in the right direction. We saw what he did this year. I think it would be fun to see Green Bay You know, bring up the old rivalry, that's the matchup I would like to see. And plus, that means Dallas 
would have lost in the first round. But uh, yeah, I think the least team I'd least likely to play out of those teams is the Rams. See, I'm going to go with Green Bay. Mm. I, I think the Packers are coming on. Mm. They're young. Uh, they're one of the youngest teams going. Jordan Love is still very much a first-year quarterback. Um, all their wide receivers and tight ends, you know, are either in their first or second season. Uh, you know, it just seems like Green Bay is that team that, you know, I don't know if I'd want any part of Green Bay right now. I mean, just, you know, you look at them and they've played six games in the regular season against teams that made the playoffs. They went three and three in those games. They beat Kansas city, uh, Detroit and the Rams. And in those six games, Jordan love completed 67%, 12 touchdowns, four picks. And then you look at that, those young players, they've got Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Tucker Kraft, Dontavion Wicks. Um, and in, you know, they started two and five. They've won seven of ten, including three straight. Um, Lafleur is a great head coach. Gutekunst has done an incredible job. You look at the guys he's drafted: Devontae Wyatt, Quay, Quay Walker. I mean, uh, Andrews Carlson, uh, Carl Brooks. I mean, they still have Aaron Jones running the ball. Um, you know, uh, defensively, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do, but it seems like. They're getting an awful lot of rush from a lot of young players, all former draft picks of theirs. To me, Green Bay scares me, and I think they're going to beat Dallas. I really do. I like it. Dallas is going to beat Dallas. I hope so, man. That'd be fun. I mean, I I think they're an upstart team. They're they're definitely a team that um, they're going to play with no fear. They got nothing to lose, everything to gain. I would love to see a Green Bay upset over Dallas, but I just think Dallas is too good at home right now. You know, they're they not losing at home until – I don't think they're going to lose until they play the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. That's that's my prediction. But, um, man, I would love to see Jordan Love take down Dak and the Cowboys. Holy smokes, Larry. You don't think it's going to happen? You you like Dallas to win that game? I do, just because they're so – they're a different team at home. But I, you're right, man. You kind of sold me right there. You told me the roster. They got a great team. Rashawn Gary also, Pride of Michigan out there on defense. They got a solid young team. But I think that's the problem. Is there a young team? And at some point, you hit a you hit that adversity, and you're going to have those growing pains. And I think Jordan Love, this is where the buck stops, and he's going to learn so much. For the Packers, they're just happy to be in the playoffs. This was a rebuild year for them, right? To get rid of Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love showed a lot, right, of growth and development in this first year, and he's got a very bright future. And like you said, all those weapons, Dobbs and Watson and Musgrave, they're all going to get better together. And I think this year will really have helped kind of shape them, but I don't think they have enough to be Dallas in AT&T stadium. Oh man. What is Dallas won like 13 games in a row there? I, I don't see it, man. I don't know, man. Well, we're, we're going to find out. I, <laughs> you know, I think, I, I hope I'm wrong, but man, um, I just think green Bay has a lot more momentum than people think. And I think they're going to go in there and beat Dallas. Plus I think, uh, McCarthy, you know, McCarthy could be out if he loses this game mm-hmm. and that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure there. Green Bay comes in loose, playing well. Love is like 18 touchdowns and one pick in his last, what, handful of games. Um, he's he's playing at a crazy level. 
And they're getting healthier. They've got weapons. They've got a defensive line. You got Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander on the back end. I don't know, man. Uh, Green Bay, I think, is going to go to Dallas and get the win. Wow. We shall see. I love it. I love the bold. I like a upset pick. Stick with it because if you're right, oh, man, you get to dance about it all week next week. So, yeah, I like it. What do you think of the news of the day uh, coming out of Niner camp that they're working out Casey Hayward? Hayward is a corner that played at Vandy, 5'11", 185-pound cornerback, ran four five seven when he came out in the draft way back when, um, 34-inch vertical, 19 reps on the bench. He was a highly regarded cornerback at Vandy. Um, what do you think? I mean, he's, he's you know, he's a guy that, you know, um, He's not the quickest player, but um, smooth athlete and guy who's he's experienced at this point, always a smart player. What do you think of Casey Hayward, the potential that they may add Casey Hayward? Yeah, I actually like the move. I mean, at this point in the season, Larry, there's not like crazy players you're going to be able to sign off the free agency you know, market or the waiver wire or whatever the case is. But you need depth. You know, injuries happen. Unfortunately, last week, you know, Jason Brett was injured and Kyle Shanahan said, you know, they want a veteran. And this is the part of the season where you need to have a lot of guys that have been there just in case someone gets hurt or whatever. You just can plug in a guy that's been in the league for a long time. You don't have to show him the ropes. So I think it's a smart move, uh, making sure that they have solid depth in the lineup. I mean, I don't think Casey Hayward's going to sit there and be this like huge X factor and oh my God, be the reason why they win games. But it's nice to know that they're like, okay, we need to make sure we have depth playoffs anything can happen you just want to make sure you're ready for anything like who knows what's going to happen but you hope your starters Diablo Lenore and you know Mooney Ward and everybody can stay ready and healthy but again you just never know you need to have depth and it's nice to have depth that has been in the league for several years so I like it I think it's a good move if they sign them um, but again it's not like oh my god it's it's not like the reason why the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl so uh, the Niners, of course, locked up uh, the NFC bye in Week 17, and Week 18 was just a formality, and they got through the game. Uh, they did lose Cleveland Farrell, and it sounds like Farrell's going to miss a couple of weeks. Yeah. I talked to him in the locker room after the game, and he's like, you know, um, he said he could have stayed in there if he if he needed to, but now we're going to find we're going we find out he's going to miss a couple of weeks. Um, who knows? I mean. You know, what's your what's your feeling on losing Cleveland Farrell? He's good against the run. He's a guy who plays a number of snaps on their front line. Uh, how big of a concern is that? Yeah, I like all these. I, I think we need everybody on the D-line. You know, we saw how big of a loss Arik Armstead was. He's coming back, but then you bring him back, and now you're going to lose Farrell. Obviously, he's not as big of a part of the D-line, but it's still nice to have that rotation because the 49ers like to rotate guys. But I honestly think, it will be okay because of the fact of Robert Beal kind of showed some flashes, and that was why I really liked this last game where the 49ers benched a lot of their starters because it gave some guys some tune-ups, you know, a guy like Robert Beal who, to me, is like a secret weapon. And I don't know how much burn he's going to get in the playoffs, but, you know, if he can't go, if Cleland Farrell can't play in the division round, I expect him to be in the NFC Championship game. So if they have to push guns to shove, give some snaps to Robert Beal, I think we'll be okay. So, um, yeah, Cleland Farrell definitely – has played well this season. He's been a really a strong part of the defensive line rotation, but I think he'll be okay come NFC Championship game. And you know what? It could have been worse. Like, I'm I'm happy that it wasn't an ACL or MCL. You know, that was the big fear because he gets carted off the other day, and I was like, whoa, crap, is this going to be serious? 
But luckily, he avoided a serious, serious injury, and it's, you know, something that he'll miss a couple weeks, but he'll live to play another snap. So it's not the end of the world as it could have been for him. Uh, we got this one super from Daryl Granville. He says, LK, thanks for the stream. How big could running back junior be? Do you know what what he's getting at there? How big could running back JR be? I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not who's JR mm-hmm. back junior? Uh let's see. JR, JR, JR. Jordan Mason? I don't know. Maybe JP. Is he talking about uh um not sure. Daryl Granville. Daryl, you're gonna we're gonna need more. We're gonna need yeah. more from you on that one. Um, but I mean, is he talking about is he talking about CMC? Is he talking about um Aaron Jones? Is he talking we were talking about Green Bay before? Uh we talk, I'm not sure. I don't I'm not uh I'm not I'm not sure what he's getting at. Daryl, I'd love to answer your question, but I, I can't make it out. Oh, here we go. Here's another one. He says RB Jr. and Danny Gray change the speed profile of the 49ers if they can contribute. Yeah, Danny Gray definitely adds speed, but I don't know who RB. <laughs> am, I, am I missing something? Anything. I'm going to need. Uh, is he talking about Mason? Uh, maybe Mason. Maybe he's talking about R. Maybe he's talking about um, Robert, Robert Beal Jr. Jr. Yeah, Robert, Robert Beal Jr. RB. Robert Beal, okay. She's not running back. Rod, Robert, Robert Beal, Beal Jr. Jr. Yeah. Well, I talked to Robert Beal Jr. in the locker room at the end of the game, um, and he had his first sack. And I'll tell you, he was wearing the Jordans. And yeah. I said, man, those Jordans are sweet. And he's like, yeah, my old lady got them for me for uh, for his birthday or for Christmas. Nice. Um, so, you know, I like Beal, man. I, I'm excited by Beal. I mean, you're talking about 6'4", 250, and tons of speed. And if you're going to have somebody opposite Nick Bosa – who um, you know is going to stretch that defensive line and challenge him? I'll take a guy with you know sub four or five speed because you can't coach that. Mm-hmm. And I just think that all Beal's got to do is just try to beat everybody off the edge, and that will stretch the offensive line enough to make him um, a valuable player and a threat. I mean, you know, it, if he had a bunch of moves, it would be great. And he, but he's got a couple moves that he feels good about. And he's got unbelievable edge speed. So I, I think Beal is going to help them quite a bit. In fact, I would not be surprised if if Beal gets a lot of run. And, um, yeah, Daryl says he throws in another another one. Maybe I should just ask from now on on all yeah, the yeah, supers. Beal. I wasn't really sure what you meant. Could you give me another super? Yeah. Uh, Daryl Granville. <laughs> I was talking about Robert Beal Jr., LOL. Yeah, I no, I love Robert Beal Jr. I, I'm ex- I'm really excited about him. There was one play, and I don't know, Raj. I know you were at training camp a lot this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lo, that truth. Eighty one says Beal's a rookie. Stop it. Uh, I'm not sure what he means by stop it. I mean, um, you know, Robert Beal had a play this summer, and I was there every day for camp, and he was rushing off the right defensive end. He's going up against Trent Williams, and I don't know if you were there that day. But he dipped the shoulder, got parallel to the ground, and basically um, Trent whiffed and never touched him. And he got to the quarterback. And, you know, nobody wants to make a big deal about Trent Williams getting beat because he's Trent Williams. He's one of the leaders on the team. But there were a couple of, whoo, you Mm -hmm. know, like, um, and I forget what day it was. 
and he didn't do it a lot. And of course he was hurt a lot in camp. When I saw that though, I'm like, wow, that's the glimpse right there of what this kid can be. And, um, as I said, I'll take my chances with somebody with sub four or five speed coming off the edge. You just don't find guys who are two fifty five who run four four eight. God, it's crazy. He's got so much speed, and you're right. He's got to kind of fine tune himself, and you know, get his get his body right and everything. And he had a lot of injuries to start the season. But man, oh man, when you see this guy's speed, it just flies off the tape. And to me, I think he could be what. The 49ers always envisioned having D4 because he had that just crazy speed off the edge, that burner speed. You know, the defense is going to be having their hands full with Nick Bosa. And then I think their future in their mind, they said, okay, we got Nick Bosa there. And now if we just add speed, how the heck are you going to stop that speed if you're trying to stop Nick Bosa? So I think the future is very bright for him. Again, I don't know how much he's going to do in the playoffs, but it, it was nice to see him out there this last weekend and he get his first sack. Like, that's a cool moment for him. But, man, I think he's like – one of the secret weapons of the 49ers for the future because they're not going to be able to sign all these defensive linemen. And the reason they got this guy is because they know. They're like, well, we can't bring everybody back. So we develop Robert Beal, and I think he'll be an integral part of this defensive line for, for a while, yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing on rookies. You can count on them for about half the season. Yeah. So they're either going to start the year and peter out or they're going to be you know, inactive at the beginning and really come on. And that's what Beal is. He was, you know, he hasn't, he's, he's hurt a lot in summer. Um, you know, he came back from the injury and, you know, Chris Kacarek's been coaching him up. He's been looking really good at practice and you know what? He could give him a, a three or four game stretch. Mm. Um, weirder things have happened. This guy played in the national championship game and had a sack. Um, you know, he, he did it at Georgia. Now he didn't do it every day. Didn't do it every game. Um, and I'm not saying that he could have done it all year if they had played him all year as a starter, but right now he's fresh. He's playing well. He's peaking physically. He's fresh. He's feeling good. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Robert Beal Jr. could have two or three big games, and that could be enough to vault them over the top. I like it. I like it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right. He didn't play much, so he does have fresh legs. And with the 49ers nursing some injuries, like you said, like Cleveland Farrell, you throw this guy in, and I think you'll get more snaps than he probably would have earlier in the season with Cleland in there, but um, it's definitely nice to have a young guy fresh and ready to roll for the playoffs. And again, he'll be hungry, you know, so he'll probably want to um, chomp at the bit to make big plays. So um, either way you slice it, I'm, I'm really excited to see Robert Beal um, play for this team. And again, it was nice to see him kind of get those reps. And when he had that sack, I mean, the speed he had, I was like, okay, this guy really does have some crazy speed. His get off, is wicked. So he's going to be a fun guy. And, uh, you know, he's got the right guy teaching him. Chris Kasurik is, is fantastic. You know, and Farrell, you know, I, I mentioned uh, Beal to him. I'm like, what'd you think of Beal? And he's like, man, he's an incredibly talented young fella. And he's like, he's like, uh, we're going to need him for the next couple of weeks. And, um, there's no doubt, but I mean, I love what I see there. Uh, Niner, Niner banks is Larry refund two bucks to Daryl. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And Brandon Gonzalez is where's Drake Jackson, Drake Jackson. It seems like probably year is done, huh? Yeah. That's what Kyle kind of made it sound like today. It's unfortunate for that guy, but, um, yeah, he just three sacks in week one against the Steelers. Yeah. And then what else? That's mm. yeah. Hasn't happened since then. Um, Daryl says this and Danny Gray stretching the defense could be huge. 
I don't know if Danny Gray is going to get get uh, you know called up here. I mean, Danny Gray would help them a lot, mm-hmm. but you know, there's only so many guys that could be active now. Uh, Jennings is is back healthy. You got Ayuk. You got you've obviously got uh, Debo. So you got three receivers there. Ronnie Bell's a little bit more trustworthy, so he's kind of in front of them. You got Ray Ray McLeod, who's back now. So mm-hmm. I just don't know if there's a spot for for Danny Gray. What do you think? Yeah, and you know what else? Um, receiver is probably not an area where they're going to bring a guy back onto the roster. Although I want to see Danny get a shot at some point. I don't know. Time's running out for the guy. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with maybe blocking and, and things like that and staying healthy. But I feel like the guy that would come back because Danny Gray, IR, they'd have to kind of activate him on the roster and they only have a few spots open. I think it's going to be George Odom who they really want to bring back because he's such a great special teamer and he has depth. For the secondary and right now their safety kind of situation is kind of a little murky you know sean gibson's got a quad strain jaya brown's got the knee sprain and it doesn't sound like he's going to get his job back if he comes back as a starter although his future is still set and everything he'll be a future starter but i think the niners want some veterans in the mix for um the playoff stretch run you know that again casey howard uh hayward they're they brought in logan ryan they really like him because he's a veteran super bowl type of a super bowl champ so I think if they are going to bring somebody back from the IR, to me it's going to be George Odom because he can give them depth at safety if they have to play him in a pinch, and he's a fantastic special teamer. So I think if push comes to shove and they had to choose between Odom and Danny Gray, they're taking Odom. He's the veteran, and it gives them um, depth at a at a position they really need the depth at. Yeah, Odom is a tremendous special teamer for sure. Um, Kyle's gotten a bunch of calls about Steve Wilkes, including one from the Chargers. Teams want Wilkes as their as their head coach. What do you think? I mean, and do the Niners get a third round draft choice for Wilkes if he leaves, or is is that not the is that not the case? Not this year. You have to be on the team for I think two years, and then you get the cop pick. So if they were to lose Steve Wilkes this year, it sucks because they don't get the the comp pick to you know. So if you lose coach, you get a pick to compensate. It wouldn't happen this year. So, I mean, it would be great for Wilkes if he gets a head coaching opportunity, although I don't think the Chargers are going to take Steve Wilkes. I think that they're just, you know, going to look at all the candidates. And I know I've heard a lot of uh, people say that Steve Wilkes is being eyed on around the league. I think Jordan Schultz posted this earlier that, you know, he's going to get a lot of calls. And, you know, it comes with the territory. Kyle Shanahan loses coordinators on a yearly basis. It's kind of um, become an annual tradition. It's, okay, here we go. Which quarterback – or, or which um, coach are, are we going to poach for the Niners? I don't think Steve Wilkes leaves this year, but I think eventually he will become a head coach. Again, that's why he took this transition, you know, do good, shine with the Niners, showcase himself, and then become a good defensive head coach somewhere. I think they stick with him one more year, and then he leaves next year. Um, the guy I'm worried about is Adam Peters, Larry. This guy's getting a lot of interviews. And in the past, he's kind of turned down interviews, now he's kind of testing the waters. Tonight, apparently, he had an interview with Washington for their football operations, head of football operations, GM. Uh, the Raiders are looking into him. The Chargers are looking into him. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to lose Adam Peters. This guy's been so important to the front office, drafting, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe the 49ers promote this guy to the GM. Maybe he's kind of looking around saying, this is what they offered me. What can you do better for me, San Francisco? Why Why did Rand Carthon get a job before Peters? Wasn't Peters higher than Carthon on the on the pecking list, or did the nine did Peters make it clear to other teams that he wanted to stay here? Or why is it that Tennessee grabbed Carthon 
when Peters was still there. Well, Wasn't Carthon Car- beneath Peters? He was, but I think last year Peters made it specific that he, he didn't want because he turned down opportunities. He even turned the year before. He had a second interview with the Giants two years back, and then he says, no, I don't want to take the job. And then last year, Arizona and I think it was the Titans, he turned them down. He didn't want those opportunities. So maybe it was it just wasn't the right moment for Adam Peters last year. But also, from what I understand, is he, you know he's a Bay Area guy. He has family out in Cupertino. I think he was happy with his role with the 49ers. And he wanted to continue to stay doing, you know, what he's doing here with the Niners. And again, he was happy. And I think now he wants to see what's out there. And then, you know, you can't fault the guy. But also, I think also it's more of a tactic to say, let me see what these guys are offering. And then he'll come back to the Niners and say, hey, look, this is the offer. What can you guys do for me? So I I think eventually his job, his dream is to be a GM. But the 49ers can make him a GM, keep him in-house, man. Yeah, I mean, to me, the, I mean, first of all, we have no idea who, you know, we're not in their war room. We don't know their draft meetings. For all we know, Peters is just a, you know, guy with a nice smile. I mean, we don't know. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Is Peters the guy and, and they, the whole, it, the whole, it's a house of cards. It's ready to tumble as soon as he walks out the door. Or is he just like, you know, just another guy in the room. Is it, is it the Lynch show and Peters is just there? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's impossible to know. My sense of it is, is that he's a key guy and there is no cap for what you pay executives. So why not just pay him more money, pay him more money. If you want to, if he wants the GM title, give him the GM title. Um, I mean, he's in, if whether he's the GM and Lynch is the director of player personnel, whether Lynch is the president and, Peters is the GM, whether they have the same title, different titles at the end of the day, they're still working together to, um, you know, to, to, you know, draft uh, the team and put together the roster. Um, It seems to me like if the Niners wanted to keep him, they should be able to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. And I think they ultimately will. Again, I think that he's going to meet with these teams to see what, you know, what's out there. I mean, in order to get any position, any job that I, in my experience, I've, I've looked around, I've taken some interviews here and then I come back to my boss and say, Hey, look, these are some um, things I've been looking at. What can you do for me to help me out? And, and maybe, maybe again, this is just speculation on my part. Maybe that's what Peters is doing, but again, maybe he's trying to broaden her horizons. They do have Bob Myers out in Washington. Now, you know, big Bob Myers from the warriors. And that guy's trying to put together a fantastic, a fantastic staff for Washington. And I mean, if you're going to take the best, candidate out of all the people to become a GM Adam Peters to me would probably be the best GM out of all the people that are you know looking into becoming GM man I mean he's a fantastic guy but again the 49ers with John Lynch you know they did promote him to football uh, president of football operations um, a couple months ago and I think with that probably was a move to allow Peters to raise up to GM like you said give him his money give him his title and everything's right in the 49er world so I think that's the direction it'll go but time will tell. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think Myers' first choice is Peters. They go back to UCLA together. Myers has been at a bunch of Niner games this year. Um, you know, if you say, what is Bob Myers? You know, when you, it's like you always want what you don't have. If you if you're broke, uh, you know, maybe you want to make six figures. If you if you make six figures, now you want to be a millionaire. If yeah. you're a millionaire, now you want to be a multimillionaire. Uh, Bob Myers is a multimillionaire, so he probably wants to be a billionaire. 
how do you become a billionaire? You become a billionaire by, you know, um, jumping into the NFL where the revenue pie in the league jumped, has jumped from 7 billion. It's, you know, it's jumped from like a $7 billion industry to like a 20 or $30 billion industry in like less than 10 years. So if you really want to make huge, huge money, it's probably not in the NBA. It's probably in the NFL and it's probably by getting a piece of the pie. And, you know, if you're Bob Myers and, and Washington's owner comes to you and says, Hey, look, you know, we want to turn this thing around. How do we do it? Well, you're an iconic brand. You're in the toilet because of what Dan Snyder did uh, to your franchise. You need a new stadium, but it all starts with having success on the field. Yeah. Success on the field starts with players. Players start with getting a good GM. So you bring in Bob Myers. He brings in his buddy, uh, Adam Peters from UCLA. They hire the right coach. Uh, maybe a Slowick from Houston who has the Niners system. Yeah. And you draft well. You have some success. You turn things around. More people come into the stadium. Now you you get a little momentum on the field. Now you get a new stadium. You get out of FedEx Field. Now you've re you've kind of re-energized and jump-started this iconic football brand. They got a brand new stadium. Now the franchise value goes up exponentially. If you have a piece of the pie, you may make a billion dollars. I mean, who knows? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I got to think that that's what Bob Myers wants here. I, what, I mean, what's Bob Myers' next move? He's he's not. People said, "Oh, well, he's he's not going to leave ESPN." I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? He's staying at a Best Western in in Bristol, Connecticut, giving his opinions about Ja Morant on television. That's that pales in comparison to what Bob Bob Myers could be doing. And to me, it's like this is a no brainer. You come to the NFL, you jumpstart the Commanders brand, you get them a new stadium. All of a sudden, their value and their franchise goes up significantly, and you get a piece of the pie. Now you're making, you know, tens of millions, hundreds of millions on your way to billionaire, right? You got to figure it out, Larry. You got it down to the wire. But you know what? You're absolutely right. If you go into a franchise like the Washington Commanders, they're starving football franchise they want to be good again and they've been having you know they've had they have talent they have like certain players certain pieces if you restore glory to a team like that yeah you you're going to get a lot of money and you're absolutely right bob myers has been a heck of an executive he's done it at the nba level and and you know what when you have that much money and you have that much you know things in your brain and you're that smart you get bored and you know what make the leap to nfl and if he becomes successful in both leagues the guy will become a legend in, in sports circles. So absolutely, I think he. in order for him to rebuild a team, you got to get the best of the best. And he knows that because when he was with the Warriors, that's what he did. He got the best of the best. And again, you never know. I mean, he is buddies with Adam Peters, and that's, to me, the one ace in the hole that he holds over anybody else. So if Peters goes, I think it's because of Bob Myers. But I think the 49ers will make sure they make Adam Peters a well paid GM for the Yeah. Keep him around. Keep him around. But it's interesting from Bob Myers' perspective. And I love Bob, great guy. But I mean, he was an agent. Someone said, well, maybe he could go run an agency. Okay. But I mean, you know, uh, does he really want to do that? And, you know, sit there and um, you know, deal with high school players and, you know, college players and be at their whim. 
Um, I don't know. It's kind of a seedy business altogether. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at this run with the Warriors, I mean, I love Bob Myers. Great guy, but he got lucky, man. He inherited Steph Curry. Yeah, he drafted Draymond Green. He's got good people skills, but he's not Jerry West. I mean, he's not like Bob Myers some, suddenly knows talent better than everybody else. He doesn't. So it's not like he can recreate some, you know, it's not like he can build dynasties anywhere he goes. He's not that kind of a personnel guy. He hits on a few. He misses on a few. I don't even think he's all that passionate about it, to be completely honest. Well, so, but that's why you go and get Adam Peters, because he knows ball. You get a right. guy that knows it, and he can get you the players you need. So, again, I think... The Bob Myers Bob is like... Uh, he Bob Myers, to me, is like um, franchise deodorant. You know yeah. what I mean? Mass- if, you, if, you, if you got the stink on your franchise, and you need to wash it away... <laughs> Get Bob Myers, and he'll he'll be like the perfect deodorant, and then he'll give it a smiley, happy face. He'll improve the credibility, and then you can get real people in there. Who you know get real people, doing. but he's the mask. You got to have that mask, the Band-Aid first. And you know what? You hit it right on that. He's a people person. So in order to get the right people, you need a guy that can talk and wine and dine the right people. And then, thanks, Bob. You did your part. We got the people we need. Appreciate you for putting the deodorant. Now let's get cleansed. So I, I agree with that. That was a good take. <laughs> thank you thank you i'll be here all week javon hargrave says the niners work harder than the eagles in practice oh um <laughs> what do you think what do you think of that i mean are they what do you think is going to happen with the eagles are they going to beat tampa or are they going to circle the drain they're going to circle the train they're on a huge down slope like this is crazy and and this is not the first time hargrave said it he said it on the arc armstead podcast right where he says that they were chilling and would late they they just don't practice hard. They have like walkthroughs on Wednesday. On Cam Hayward last year, he was on Cam Hayward's podcast, and he said pretty much the same thing. He goes, by week ten afterwards, we had two practices a week. One of them was just a walkthrough. We didn't really do much. He says the reason why is because Philly they believe in sports science. So like sports science means you got to rest the body, rest the mind. Don't push yourself to the limit in practice so you can. Um, lim- limit injuries. But to me, that just tells me that they're just kind of half-assing it, being a little soft, like he told Armstead. Like, we do not practice as hard as the 49ers. And you know, you go to training camp, these practices are intense from the min- from the moment, um, you know, training camp starts. And that's what Armstead was saying. And, you know, he says they've gotten easier over the years. Kyle's gotten a little soft on him. But that's just crazy to hear that the Eagles, their culture is, oh, whatever, just go to practice, go through the motions, whatever the case is. And the 49ers, they're like, no, we want to be callous. We want to be physical. We want to be tough in practice, practice the way we want to play. And it just shows you the difference. Because look, I, I believe it. Look at Philly. They have fallen absolutely apart. Just like Nick Bosa said, we put the blueprint out there. And teams are just dominating. I think they've won one game in their last six games. Crazy. I think Philadelphia loses to the Buccaneers. You know, there were several interesting points made this week. One is that, you know, Fletcher Cox is older and, and, uh, you know, their pass rush last year had 70 sacks this year. It's got 43 sacks. Um, and then they've lost, you know, everybody glossed over it. Like it was no big deal that they were losing both quarters, uh, coordinators. Mm. Uh, but Jonathan Gannon went to, went to Arizona and Shane Steichen went to the Colts and they replaced Gannon with Sean Desai. And then they ran Desai off the play calling spot for Matt Patricia. And I just think they made a bad decision. I, they, they lost Chauncey Gardner Johnson They They don't make tackles consistently. They don't rush the passer. I think last year they had a decent back seven. 
that was covered over by an overwhelming defensive line. Yeah. Now you make that defensive line just marginal, and suddenly their 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 pass defense doesn't look that good. And then now they're not even stopping the run, and that's on the defensive side. Offensively, the Eagles use shifts and motions less than any team in the NFL, so they don't put a lot of pressure on you uh, if you're a defense pre-snap. Um, you know, you got a pretty good idea of what you're going to get. They're pretty simple. I don't know. What, what, what's your make of, of why the Eagles have backslid so severely? Uh, I think you hit a lot of those points on the head is the the coordinators. They should have fought harder to keep the guys they had, but obviously it's a business. You can't, you know, let coaches not go somewhere. So I think that's part of it is definitely losing coordinators. I think that hurt them. Um, losing some key guys, like you said, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Javon Hargrave. He was a big key part of that interior D-line, you know, and uh, not only that, but I just think teams have figured them out. And honestly, to be honest, once the 49ers came in and whooped, I mean, they Niners came in and broke them. They broke them. I think that really mentally took the edge off because before I think they had the mental edge and they were like, okay, nobody can run us in the NFC. We're just top of the NFC. We're the Kings. And they were talking a lot. And a team that talks a lot when you're a bully and you get bullied, it mentally just tears you apart. And their coach Sirianni was, talking, yelling. He was yelling after the game and screaming at the fans. I think all of that finally caught up to them, and mentally they just lost their edge. Nobody's afraid of the Eagles anymore. I think before, teams were afraid of them. And, and you know, you said something earlier that really stuck with me was about Robert Beal, right? Like, in a rookie, they're either going to give you half a good season or half of a second half or whatever. You know, they're not going to be able to play, like, a huge amount of games. They're going to get tired at some point. They got Jalen Carter, a great rookie, but they expect him to really – uh, pick up the slack of some of the guys they lost on that D-line. He's great, but I think he kind of fumed out at some point. Hassan Reddick has not really been what he was last year. So I think a lot of it, like you said, the defensive line is just not getting the pressure they were last year. And their secondary is so, so bad. You know, Debo Samuel got a lot of credit for saying that their secondary was trash last year. But this year, whatever he said was absolutely right because their secondary has been so bad they can't tackle their linebackers i don't even know who their linebackers are their defense is a shadow of what, what it was last year no i know so it's and and uh you know you look at at all three levels i mean fletcher cox is a year older jordan davis is out of shape their linebackers are just kind of eh. and losing chauncey gardner johnson I, I just think the eagles defensively last year their d-line kind of covered a lot of their a lot of their ills Brandon Gonzalez says, who's your guy's choice uh, winning the AFC? Um, you know, that's interesting. I mean, you know, let's let's talk about the AFC playoffs this weekend. Of course, Baltimore's got the bye. They're the one seed. Um, it's going to be the two seed Buffalo at home against Pittsburgh. It's the three seed Kansas City at home against Miami. And it's the four seed Houston at home against the Browns. I, I I love Buffalo to beat Pittsburgh. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Pittsburgh's got, you know, no TJ Watt and Pittsburgh just hasn't defensively. They haven't been much in the playoffs. Most, you know, really going back since 2016 when they shut down Alex Smith in Kansas city, their defense has gotten roasted in the playoffs almost every year. Buffalo's rolling. Now they've got momentum. Josh Allen's playing well. I like Buffalo there. I love Kansas city. Uh, and zero degrees. Did you see the Dolphins today signed Bruce Irvin and 
Justin Houston. I mean, they're signing defensive ends because Jalen Phillips done for the year. Bradley Chubb, who's having an incredible year, done for the year. Andrew Van Ginkle is their third guy. He's out. Jerome Baker's out. Um, the Dolphins, I think, are going to get crushed mm-hmm. in Arrowhead. We'll see because Kansas City doesn't look that good either offensively. But then um, I like the Browns against Houston, even though Houston's got the magic carpet ride. Uh, Browns, you know, rookie quarterback going up against the number one defense in the league. I'll take Flacco in the number one defense in the league uh, in Houston on Saturday. So I'm going Browns, Chiefs, Bills this weekend. Who and, and and probably they all, you know, bow to the Ravens, and the Ravens probably get out of the conference. But I'll say this: Buffalo could get there. Uh, I give Kansas City and Cleveland an outside shot, but to me, it's Ravens or Bills. I'd probably lean to Ravens right now because of Lamar and the way Kyle Hamilton's playing. But if you told me that the Ravens lose to Cleveland um, in the divisional round and Buffalo skates through wouldn't be shocked at all. And I'd be a little worried about that because Buffalo is six and six, but if, you know, if they win three games here in the playoffs and the, in the AFC playoffs, they could show up in Vegas with a ton of momentum. Yeah, absolutely. They're playing super hot right now. That's again, what I mentioned earlier, when teams are playing hot right now in the NFC, in the, in the playoffs, that's when they're at their best. Everybody's zero zero, but you want to ride that momentum, ride that wave in the playoffs. I like the Bills to win this weekend. I pretty much have the same picks as you this weekend, but I'll go over them. I got the Bills. I mean, Steelers without TJ Watt, I don't think there's a hope for them. I I, I think this is going to be the biggest blowout of the weekend. Mason Rudolph is not winning. No, he's not. Mason Rudolph is not beating Josh Allen. Although Josh Allen, that's why I don't trust him to make it to the to the Super Bowl, just because I just can't see him winning one of these big games against Kansas City or Baltimore. Because he just he just always I can't trust the man. I can't, if he wins it and goes to the Super Bowl, then dang, that's awesome. But I just can't see Josh Allen having a performance where he takes a team to the promised land because he just ends up making big mistakes. But I think he's going to do good enough to beat Pitts- Pittsburgh. Not win this game. Second game. Kansas City is going to smoke Miami. Miami fell apart. We talk about how good the Buffalo Bills turned around their season. Miami did the absolute opposite. I mean, they fell apart at the seams. Mike McDaniel kept in his Bradley Chubb the other uh, week against the Ravens, getting blown out, and he blows his ACL. Like, that's how bad their luck has been. Injuries galore. It's terrible. I feel bad for them. But um, I think the in season hard knocks was a bad idea, too. I think. So I don't think you need those distractions. And that's why Kyle doesn't like that stuff. And he's smart. You can't have all that stuff going around and, and be focused on a playoff run. You just can't. Um, I think Kansas City is a very underrated team coming into the playoffs. I know they had offensive struggles, but they have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and they're still a dynamic duo. Um, I think they are going to go out there and beat Miami. Miami can't play in the cold weather. And then, um, yeah, the other game. Man, I Though they did play well last year in Buffalo, um, in the playoffs, but there, you know, the thing about it, Kansas city is going to be eager to show that they're the Kansas city that everybody thinks they are. I don't think Kansas city is going to the bowl, but I think they blow the doors off of the dolphins. Oh, absolutely. I think they're going to smoke them out and show people like, yo, we're still here. Just remember we got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, And then the other game, I think this is going to be the absolute game of the weekend. The first playoff game of the week, it's going to be, Man, D'Amico, Ryan, C.J. Stroud, like if they don't win this game, they cannot be 
you know, they, they have to have their heads held high. This was a fantastic season for D'Amico Ryan. I'm proud of that guy. They won the AFC South in his first season as a head coach. First season as, as C.J. Stroud in the in the NFL. What a rookie season. Um, absolutely amazing run for him. But I think that Joe Flacco's story is not done yet. They have a fantastic defense. For, not, ask the 49ers about it. That's a different defense. I think rookie C.J. Stroud runs up into Miles Garrett in this defense, and he the buck ends, but I think he'll learn so much. This is one of those games where I think C.J. Stroud will really look back and say, I learned a lot, and then his future is going to be amazing. And they don't have Tank Dell. They got Nico Collins, who's amazing, but I just don't think they'll have enough to be able to uh, to take down Cleveland. Cleveland's hot right now, although I would love to see the upset, Larry, but I got Houston losing to Cleveland. Cleveland, Baltimore, I have Kansas City beating the Bills just because I can't trust Josh Allen. I have Kansas City, Baltimore in the AFC Championship, and I have Lamar silencing everybody that thinks he can't win playoff games going to the Super Bowl against the Niners. You know, it's funny, the Texans, that Tank Dell injury, it's hard to believe that we're talking about, you know, a rookie wide receiver who broke yeah. his broke his leg in, in the Texans' Week 13 game against Denver. He hasn't played since um, as being such a pivotal piece, but, man, their passing game does appear to miss him in a huge way. In Weeks 13 through 18, Houston had 15 or more receptions of 20 plus yards. Um, and then weeks, you know, and, and, and then, you know, if you look at what they've done since, um, you know, or, or consider that from one's weeks one through 12, they had 54, um, 20 plus yard plays. And so they, they, they miss his big play ability. Yeah. Um, and Houston lost to Cleveland in week 16 at NRG stadium. I just think, you know, Cleveland, Cleveland's going to be too much. Flacco is turning it over, but he's played in the playoffs before. And Cleveland right now, I mean, you got Denzel Ward, you got Martin Emerson on the corner, you got Miles Garrett, you got Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Um, you know, the Browns, you know, they, yeah, they led the NFL in turnovers in the regular season with 37, but they still went 11 and six because they, they take the ball away. 28 takeaways for the Browns. And, um, you know, that to me, that's a big thing. How lucky are the Browns, by the way? They they lose to Sean Watson, wind up with Joe Flacco, and they're better better off for it. I mean, it's uh, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, I definitely like the Browns. Um, Eric Armstead came back to practice today. I, you know, you saw the Niners' numbers with and without Eric Armstead against the run. I mean, they have to have Eric Armstead, don't they? I mean, I love the fact that Kyle sat Greenlaw as well last week. I mean, to me, you got to protect Greenlaw from Greenlaw because mm -hmm. uh, he just plays so damn hard. But if you got a rested Greenlaw and a healthy Armstead, um, I don't think anybody in the NFC can stand, on, stand in front of the Niners. I just don't buy it. Uh, I think that was the most fantastic news of the day. Drake. It was. When they announced that in the press box, I'm sitting there. It was the only time all day that I got excited. Uh, attention, <laughs> attention media, uh, George Kittle and Dre Greenlaw will not be playing today due to injury. I'm like, yeah. yes! Yeah. I, yes! And, you know, it's injury. They just had to come up with oh, yeah, like, Back spasms for, spasms. for uh, tendonitis. Kittle. I was like, deal with this stuff, but, you know. Tendonitis, Achilles yeah. tendonitis for Dre. I was like, come on. Dre. You're just throwing stuff out now just to kind of get these guys out of the game. But, yeah, he said it was precautionary. But 
Armstead being back is so big because they cannot stop the run without him. He's so important. All he needs to do is muster up three games for this Lombardi. And Dante Whitner the other day, he said that he feels that, you know, Ark Armstead is the key to their run to the Lombardi. And I couldn't agree more. Like, this man has been missed in that middle. You put him in there with Javon Hargrave. Nobody can stop that interior. They're going to collapse inside. Bosa's coming off the edge. I don't care who's on the other side. Chase Young with him, Randy Gregory. That's what we need from this defensive line. Pressure, pressure, pressure. In the playoffs, you pressure a quarterback, and it's a good night, Sally. So big news. And the other news today with Jawan Jennings is back. That is massive. because Yes, out of concussion protocol. Ronnie Bell's been getting screamed out on the sidelines. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod, you know, he's been dealing with the ribs. So to me, having Juwan Jennings is huge. He's such a clutch receiver, third down, third and one. Juwan, I was happy about that one because, I mean, he missed three weeks with the concussion. That must have been a bell ringer. I don't know. Seriously. Well, you just never know. I mean, everybody's brain injury is different, and but it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, Juwan's just such a big, you know, you think of, Jawan Jennings. It's like if you're not a Niner fan, you're sitting there going, "What? You guys yeah. are celebrating Jawan Jennings?" Yeah, you know, it's like insider knowledge. You know, it's like if you don't realize Jawan, it's like, what is it? Show me you're not a real Niner fan if you don't appreciate Jawan Jennings. You're not a real Niner fan yeah. if you haven't watched Jawan Jennings come up with big catch in big moments. You know, Green Bay, Dallas, gotta have it. 50, you know, 12 yard out pattern and the guy catches it and gets out of bounds. It's like Juwan Jennings is the truth. And anybody who doesn't realize that that guy is so much better than his status, than his paycheck, than his depth chart position. I mean, that guy is so good. It's unbelievable. He's tough. He blocks. In a lot of ways, Juwan Jennings is the heart and soul of the offense. Yeah, he's definitely one of them. He's just one of those glue guys, those integral components that you need. He blocks. He's so gritty. He's that X factor. He's like the Dennis Rodman of this team. And you miss, you take him away. Like he doesn't score a lot of points. He doesn't get big time play, but he does the little things that you need for a team to win, man. And you can see how much he was missed over the last couple of weeks. His blocking wasn't the same. You know, you, you just couldn't – you can't replicate what Juwan Jennings brings to his team. The passion, the energy he has on the sidelines, that's something you can't replicate. And you're right. Like, I, I have a buddy who does a big fantasy football uh, podcast and everything, Smitty. I don't know if you've ever seen him, but this guy is, like, big time. And every time we talk about Niners, I always say, like, oh, Juwan Jennings. He's like, Juwan Jennings has, like, 10 cat. Like, he brings up his fantasy stats. I'm like, it doesn't matter stats. This guy is integral to the team as a key, like he's just one of those big time X factors. So yeah. Here, here's my, one of my favorite Chuan plays. Watch yeah, this one. Sure. This says it all right here. Purdy back to pass Jennings in the flat. Oh, throw you away like a wet piece of <laughs> tissue and going into the end zone and it's time to dance. Yeah. That guy's bad. He's a bad man. Bad. Man. Uh, he seriously, he, and and he's a hell of an athlete too. It's like people don't realize it. There's a basketball hoop in the in the locker room, mm-hmm. and this guy Juwan Jennings can just sit there and just shoot threes all day and just drop it in. It's amazing. He, the guy is know, crazy. He played quarterback too back in Tennessee. He played in, in high school. I think he played 
quarterback. Um, and then he went to Tennessee, University of Tennessee, almost played quarterback, and then they transferred, transitioned to a wide receiver. But So he is a great athlete. Phenomenal. Jay Mills says, I, I bet Larry can dunk. Oh, if, Larry, <laughs> if Larry even tried to dunk. First of all, you should see how high this hoop is. This hoop is not your typical hoop. This hoop's probably five feet higher than your typical hoop, so nobody's dunking on this. Michael Jordan in his prime couldn't dunk on the hoop they have in the locker room. It's just way the heck up there. Uh, I dunked a tennis ball once, like my sophomore year in high school. That's about as close as I ever came to dunking. But I'm only six one and a half, six six two on my license, of course. Six two, wow. Uh, six two on the license. Okay. Uh, you know, so there you go. But I haven't had. I if I even tried to jump now, I'd probably rip both calves, uh, calf muscles. I I'd have calf tears. I'd have all kind of hammy tears. I mean, it would it wouldn't be good. It would not be good. If you did a dunk now. You'd be calling me, but it wouldn't be for the show. You'd be like, I need some physical therapy, Raj. Help me out. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. I'd be like, Raj, bail me out somehow. Um, All right. Let's talk about the final topic before we get out of here. And that is uh, Brock Purdy went on the Stinking Truth podcast with Mark Schlereth. And, or I shouldn't say he went on. Mark Schlereth on the Stinking Truth podcast shared a story about Brock Purdy about a conversation they had fill us in on this one, Raj, because I've been, I wanted to share the screen and play this off of your Twitter, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, it's just not allowing me to do it. It just keeps spinning and spinning and spinning, meaning that it's trying to kind of regenerate. I'm not sure if I got to reboot the computer or what, but um, go ahead. Give us the breakdown on Purdy's conversation with Schlereth and you retweeted it and put it out there. It's got, 303 retweets it's got 2.1 thousand likes on your channel it's been viewed by 150,000 people plus it's had 30 comments on there obviously it generated a lot of interest i think it's one of the best talking points which is why i saved it for last i'm burying the lead tell us about schlereth and and what he said if i follow rsf 49ers on twitter what will i find yeah, so Mark Schlereth last week uh, on his Stinking Truth podcast, he was breaking down, um, you know, a lot about Brock Purdy. He actually was talking about the Ravens game and, and you know, what he got out of it. And actually, before he said this excerpt, uh, this little part of the conversation, he says that he actually was happy that the 49ers lost this game because he knows that they could learn a lot. And he says that Brock Purdy has a lot of, there's a lot of, he said when he went back to the film, he saw stuff. He's like, there's actually a lot of good in this film that he could take away from it. And he says, Kyle agreed. Like, yeah, it was a bad loss. But at the end of the day, there's so much that they could have learned from this game that'll make it better for them. So I think that was his big talking point. But then he says, you know, he's really impressed with Brock Purdy and just the way he is. And he says uh, he kind of took him back with one of the comments he mentioned to him. And and they were like, oh, well, what, what did he say? So he says that Brock Purdy told him that anyone that calls me a game manager, because we know – all these last couple of weeks, people are saying he's a game manager. Cam Newton said, oh, you're just a game manager. So he says, anyone that calls me a game manager is either not watching the film or doesn't know what they're looking at. Like, that is a spicy quote from Brock. It. And Brock is usually humble, but I guess he opened up to Mark Schlereth and he told him. And then Schlereth went on to examine, like, what he saw in the film and how he anticipates and just how special this young man is. And he goes, I really love that he said that. And then he says that Brock didn't say that he's like the best. He's not the best quarterback. He doesn't have the best arm in the world. But he says that he's better than a lot of these people are giving him credit 
in terms of making the downfield throws. And that was the spiciest quote I've ever heard from Brock because you wouldn't expect that from Brock Purdy, man. I was a bar of a quote. I loved it. That sounds like something I would say about <laughs> people who say that about yeah. Brock Purdy. I mean, that, that sounds more like a Larry Kruger than a, than a Brock Purdy. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I, I would, of course, that's the kind of thing I would say to people. Hey, man, if you're calling this guy a game manager, you're either not watching the film or you don't know what the hell you're looking at. I that's the kind of that. thing that I feel like I have said, would say, and will say. Yeah. I It surprises me that Brock did say it, but I love that he said it because it's the freaking truth. Yeah. And then the other thing, though, that that, you know, has to be included here is that and Brock has said this a couple of times, and I love it every time he says it. And he says it, and he doesn't he doesn't put a lot of emphasis on it. He kind of trails off. So it's like people don't gravitate towards it. But if you go back over the lineage of, of quotes that he's had this year about people that have doubted him, people that don't believe him, believe in him. Uh, when I asked him, I said, hey, you know what? The Eagles fans the media that I've talked to say that you're the weak freaking link. You know what I mean? He said it again there. And the, the quote was, you know what? I guess we'll just have to see when this is all over. Yeah. And it's like, that sounds like a guy whose plan is to be standing in the winner's circle in Vegas on Super Bowl Sunday. Does it not? I don't. And, and he said that also, I think Schlereth added that too. Like, we'll see when it's all over. Like, when it's I, all when it's all done, we'll see. And I love that, that Brock keeps saying that yeah. because it it's it's basically like you know what, MFers, I'm winning this freaking Super Bowl, and you guys can all bite me at that yeah. point. And, and I just I love it. Lombardi, he can say, okay, so it's all said and done. Where are the like I I can just he's trying. He's to gonna take a fight. victory lap at that point. He's he gonna is. be like he's gonna be a like, game manager. This MFers. I want him to have like the I want him to say that badly. <laughs> would be crazy. How sweet would that be? That would ca- you want to talk about yeah. your perfect end to the Disney special, which is yeah. Mr. Irrelevant? He stands on the Super Bowl stage in Las Vegas and says, "Game manager this MFers With as he's holding young- as he's holding the Lombardi." <laughs> How s- I, in some ways, I live to see that moment, man. Oh I want to see that moment. I want that. It would be the end of the Disney special. They would have to bleep out the final line of the Disney Disney special. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to get over a million views on that video, Larry. I oh, my God. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll break through the crowd and give the guy a high five right there, oh, right then and there. Oh, uh, that will be awesome. I mean, that would just be incredible that would be that would be the uh you know there's the ice cream sundae but that's the cherry on top right there mm-hmm. absolutely brock purdy game manager this jack God, man, that would the be lombardi a- yeah yeah oh man that's gonna that be a be- moment that'd be the moment oh my god wouldn't that be something wouldn't that be something and by the way after watching jim harbaugh uh win and watching the ravens with john harbaugh and Father Harbaugh and Mama Harbaugh and watching the whole thing, I would love to see the Niners get the Ravens and slap them around <laughs> and get payback, get payback for that Super Bowl in, in New Orleans. Because the, the Niners should have beaten them in New Orleans. The Niners probably should have beaten them uh, earlier this year. 
but the five turnovers and it was just a the game. The Niners had more yards rushing, more yards passing. I mean, it was the Niners in a lot of ways won that game in several different ways. But yep. the turnovers of the turnovers and the Ravens won legitimately. But I would love to see John Harbaugh have to just get beat down in the Super Bowl by the Niners A game. I would love it. I would love it to have Jim Harbaugh being the only one winning the trophy this year and his brother just crying and his dad and his mom. Oh, we're so excited. And I want to see Brock Purdy hoisting that Lombardi over John Harbaugh. Oh, my God. I need to see it because you're right. We owe them some revenge from that New Orleans Super Bowl. I had Super Bowl. I'll never forget it. Oh, Talk about oh. it. Ran the ball, whatever it is, but we need redemption, Larry. Oh God! And then you know what? It would be great if Shanahan on the on the stage as he's accepting the uh, Lombardi Trophy, he hands it to Jed, and he says, "Here's the win over the Ravens that Harbaugh gagged away." Oh! <laughs> he, here, hey Jim Harbaugh, call another timeout, mf'er. Oh no! This is the this is what you don't have. Jack, that is what you don't got, buddy. Bad, With Shanahan popping the jersey. How about them? And I want to see, and I want to see Brock with the cap turned backwards. Yeah, yeah. Cap backwards. Backwards hat, Brock. Coming. Hey, Colin Cowherd, lead this, buddy. Lead this, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Brock doesn't talk enough trash. I need. I need. He needs to hire me as his trash talking writer. Because I, I mean, if you were his trash talking writer, I don't know, Larry. It would be awesome. It would be awesome. Oh, man. Dink and dunk this, MFers. <laughs> the hat backwards. Hey, this is for the one that Kyle up there. This is the one. This is for the one that Jim Harbaugh couldn't win oh, for you, Jack. Yeah. Have a good night, John Harbaugh. <laughs> be awesome. Be yeah. Absolutely awesome. Uh, yeah, here we go. Mark Graves, Larry's Brock's hype man. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, cause Brock's too humble. He's going to be like, you know, the Ravens were a quality opponent and you know what? They got a great defense. They got a hell of a defense and they battled like crazy. And we're just real fortunate to get this. And, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you to everybody. And I'm just lucky to be here. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was all these guys. And, uh, I'm just here. I'm just lucky. I'm just glad to be here. Blah, blah, blah. He needs me in the background uh, saying. Larry's writing up. Say this. Say this. Yeah. Oh, we, we dusted those MFers. Well, I can't say this, Larry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Game manage that. Game manage that. You know what? That I will go and make that Krug Show t-shirt and put game manage that. Do it. You need if, if the Niners go to the Super Bowl, I'm gonna I'm gonna print up those those T-shirts ahead of time. Let's sell them. Game manage that. The Brock Purdy story. With Brock holding up the Lombardi. The Lombardi. That I love it. I love it. That would be so sweet. Man. Blood Moon. Blood Moon says, "Raj, throw the D Generation X to the haters." <laughs> you remember DX? <laughs> <DM? laughs> <laughs> you know what I'd really love if Brock Purdy put the hats on, hat on backwards, game manage that, and then Shanahan grabs the mic and says, "Who's got it better than us? <laughs> Nobody." 
Thanks for coming, John Harbaugh. Go hug yourself. Oh, that would be awesome. We we need some. Who's got it better than us? Would be on the on the Super Bowl stage with the Uh, with the with the gold and red confetti coming down, and Shanahan. Maybe Shanahan goes hat backwards. No, you know who as a respect for Brock. It would need to be Jed because you know him and the whole like him and Balky and it would need to be Jed and say. What if I got to ask you guys something? Who's got it better than us? No, you don't need better if Jed Jed got up there with a hat backwards and in a bulky impersonation. Who's hey? Let me tell you, uh, who's got it better than us? Who's got it better than you than us, Jimmy Harbaugh? (laughs) That would be sweet. That would be sweet. Oh my god! Uh, We we I got to do a whole stream on. The trash talk on the podium, what you would, in an ideal world, what would you want to hear on the podium from Jed, from Kyle, from, I'd love to hear John Lynch do a bulky. You know, we got here without, because we didn't draft any MFers with torn ACLs. Oh my God, (laughs) man. Just dust everybody. Just, that just crush. Turn it into a GD roast. Oh my God. They'd be the most... That'd be the most dishonorable Super Bowl champion of all time. And I would love it. Oh, my God. we got to hire Al Madrigal to start doing impersonations at the post-game party. Oh, my God. Are you familiar with Al Madrigal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. High school buddy of mine. He would be awesome. Matthew Rowley is a Michigan fan. Thanks for picking Washington, by the way. If the 49ers can uh, win the Super Bowl, that was me. I I wanted Washington. It would have been a great story. You know what? I think Washington would have probably got it done if Dylan Johnson had been healthy, to be completely honest. I don't honest. know, man. I think it was Michigan's year. I was rooting for Michigan. I went to the Rose Bowl on New Michigan Year's almost Bowl. gagged that away. That was amazing. Uh, they, they weren't running the ball at the end, but they uh, JJ came up and clutched up when they needed to. Defense played great, man. But, uh, yeah, you know. I just Michigan think was good. They were, they were good. I just think Michael Penix just got too many shots. His ribs must have been hurting, man. But yeah. it, was, it ended up being a good game. But I was happy Michigan won, man. I was happy for Harbs. Matthew Rowley is a Michigan fan. Thanks for picking Washington, by the way. You're welcome. If the 49ers can win the Super Bowl, it will be the greatest sports year of my life. Go blue. Um, <laughs> this is pretty good, too. LAL. Larry, who's Jack and why are you so mad at him? <laughs> Jack Harbaugh. Yes. Uh, just a good way. When you, when you really want to emphasize something, you say Jack. Jack. You don't know. Crap, Jack. Dusty Gold says Larry loves it. He did draft Purdy. Thank you. Yeah. I do take I do take credit for that. Um, <laughs> we got this one. Fozzie, Larry got me imagining a Super Bowl ring. Take a shot, boys. Raj, how old? Well, first of all, how old are you, Raj? I'm gonna be forty in April, so I'm thirty nine right now. So you were alive. Oh yeah. When the Niners fifth won fifth grade. Do you remember? Do you remember? Stevie, oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I had my Steve Young jersey. I didn't take that damn jersey off for like a month straight. My mom tried to pry that thing off of me, and I was running around Niners all the time. I remember I wore a Steve Young jersey literally for like a month straight, and my mom was so mad. She's like, you need to take that jersey off. It's going to smell. I was like, I'm not taking the championship off of me, Mom. And eventually it came off. But I was so hyped up, fifth grade. On top of the world. Are you going to go to Vegas if the Niners go to Vegas? 
think I do. I think I am. I want to go. I want to go. Yeah. Um, if you could stay anywhere in Vegas that week, where would you stay? Oh man, I don't I, I used to live there, so any, I've been everywhere. So you go Airbnb or you stay I on probably, the strip? Honestly, I'll probably just stay at my mom's house because it's free. Oh, look at you! Look I get at you. Home cooked meal. I go see all my boys, all my friends. I, I got so many friends and family over there. So I'm going to stay close to where my family is. And I'm not even going to worry about this trip because it's too crazy. So I would have my own car over there. I would have my own place, get home-cooked meals. So if we go to Super Bowl, I don't have to worry about room and board. How would you celebrate the sixth Lombardi? Oh, my God. Man. What would you do on Super Bowl Sunday night? If the Niners got the sixth Lombardi. So honestly, I already know if, if they win, I'm going to be at the post party with all the players and, and everybody. Cause I know a guy that kind of, he's the guy that takes care of that. So my, buddy, you want to hook a brother up? I mean, I, I might have to, I might have seriously. to. No, I know all the, I, I know my buddy, he'll have, he's having like the 49ers after party if they are going to be doing that. So I'll be there with, um, yeah, uh, that's where I'm going to be. Oh man. I love some of the people in the chat. We got Larry's high right now. No, I'm not. I'm I'm thinking about I'm thinking about it though. I'm thinking about how great that night will be, and I'm starting to I'm starting to think about it. What do you do if they win this? What is what is Larry Kruger gonna do? Well, I want to be in Vegas, and I would love to go to the team party and just you know go up to uh, Shanahan and just shake hands. Go up to Lynch, just shake his hand. Go up to Jed, shake his hand. Go up to Brock and just say, you did it, brother. You did it, brother. Um, because it, it would be incredible. Chef Ace is how would Ralph Barbieri say, who's got it better? <laughs> Tom, let me, who's got it better than, than we do? <laughs> Tom, <laughs> who's got it better than us? <laughs> That's how Ralph would say it. Dusty Gold, I'm happy for Harbs. Uh, Joey V, Larry, love you, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Uh, Cosmo, those gummy bears are kicking in. They might have. Oh, man. It would just be so sweet. It would just be so sweet. Um, we've been waiting a long time for this one. Um, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. I think I just walked down the strip, with, you know, just yelling, champs. Yeah. Champs in town. What about the parade? Are you going to the parade if they win? Where would the parade be? Down Great America Parkway? Nah, probably San Francisco. <laughs> Great America Parkway. <laughs> <laughs> They're parading down Tasman. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Wasn't there a parade that went super fast? What parade was that? They went super fast. Did you see that? It was like a really short parade and they went super fast. I don't remember that one. Oh, man. All right. Um, let's see. We got this one. Jason Lynn, I want to see Larry Kruger taking shots with Kittle after the Super Bowl. Oh, I need that. Oh, I, I would I would absolutely be on cloud nine for because we've been waiting on this one for a while. Um, LAL, Larry, I love that first impression. Love when you do that one. Appreciate you. Uh but Bazzy me on. Larry's on one tonight. Vicky Pelich. <laughs> it says lady, but I think it meant Larry. Larry, do you still like Michael Penix to go in the first round of the NFL draft? Washington, Washington sucks. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My, I'll say this. If Michael Penix, I don't care who the Niners have a quarterback. If Michael Penix is on the board 
when the Niners pick at the end of the first round, I'm drafting Michael Penix. God, kill him. Absolutely. I would absolutely draft him. You trade him, trade him for three picks. Mm. Michael Penix has one of the greatest arms I've ever seen. Wow, I mean, he, he has does. got a he's got a laser. He does laser. He pretty balls. Yeah, he throws some like pretty he throws he sometimes yeah, parading down Tasman. Uh, Susan says this is getting me hyped. Yeah, well, that's that's what we want to do. Um, showboat set two seven eight. Crap, Larry's high. No, no, Larry's not high. But if you want to stop by, um, <laughs> do you have an AJ Jenkins jersey? No. Yeah, I do. Oh my god. God, will I wear collector's it? item, man? I never wore. It. I just have it because it was a gift, and I, by the time I went to find, uh, you know, return it, I couldn't find the receipt, and I just. I ended up keeping it. Rommel Ramos says, did you guys see Grant and Lowell's video? Lowell reading a letter to him from Jim Harbaugh had Grant crying. It was a good show. Like crying and laughter or crying and crying? Right, crying and laughter. Um, <laughs> Dusty Gold says, make sure you wear your Krug Show podcast shirt as you're getting drenched in champagne. Yep. Oh, man. I mean, I would be. This. Yeah, seriously. Pod Krug Show podcast. This <laughs> <laughs> Mark Graves. What alcohol are you using to take shots, Larry? Um, gosh, what can I shoot the most of? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have you ever had a kamikaze? Mm, yeah, I have. Those are strong. Those are strong, but they're damn good. Yeah. I it'd have it would have to be something like that. I, it can't be straight whiskey or. Vodka. It can't be. It's got to be something that's like a drink. Uh, Alabama Slammer. It's got to be some foofy drink. I can't be, you know, or or like, you know, I I got a buddy, or I should say my father-in-law makes, um, who's also a buddy, um, he makes cranberry vodka. Oh. Cranberry-induced vodka, and we take shots on Christmas uh, and Thanksgiving sometimes after Mm -hmm. dinner, and it's so good. I mean, I could throw back. Those ones are, yeah. They go down easy. You could take like it's, 10. It's kind of like a vodka crayon shot. Yeah. Uh, it's Cosmo. Krug streaking Las Vegas Strip if the Niners <laughs> win. Yeah. No. Uh, we got this one from Amin Morris. How about a Brandon Lloyd jersey, Raj? You got a Brandon Lloyd? don't. I actually would love one. I don't. Frank Tom Ocean. Shout out Raj and LK. Been a great season. You guys and all the other content creators have made it even better. Go Niners. Can't wait till February. Someone says a Long Island iced tea. Those aren't bad. Buttery nipples? I've never had buttery nipples. Have you never had one? Yeah, no. it's like a Kahlua-infused drink. Cognac? Oh. What are we going to... What are we... We're going to have a sifter? They're, we're gonna, We're all going to... What, are we going to be in somebody's den? And and <laughs> drinking out of a sifter? Sipping that cognac. I Get this. The Niners won the Super Bowl. I did three cognac shots, and then, then I fell asleep, and Raj went to the party. Yeah, right. And that's what would happen. If I take three shots of cognac, I'm going to sleep. You done with that one. Yeah. Fireball? Oh, I'll tell you what I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking 151. Oh. Have you ever had 151? I haven't, but I know it's pretty pretty intense, huh? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Very intense. Goldschlager is another one. I can't Gold can't Schlager. drink any gold Goldschlager. Uh, a couple last super, a couple last chats, and we'll get out of here. They're not supers, but they're too funny. Mark Graves says, "Purdy, I got two words for you. Manage that. Manage that. Manage that. I like it. But I still think, she, I still think, you know, uh, if I'm Shanahan, I got to finish with a who's got it better than us. Uh, you know what? He he absolutely has to like. 
Kyle Shanahan has to stand up at the podium, get in the mic, just look at everybody and say, who's got it better than us? Like that would be, you know, that's probably what I would say to Shanahan at the Super Bowl uh, after party. If they let me in, I'd go up to him and be like, Shani, I'd come up with the high five. Who's got it better than us. And as he starts laughing, security gets the man out of here. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, I was just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> what if he's like all pissed off? Hey man, Harbaugh's my Harbaugh's my buddy. Come on, BB, man. don't make fun of him. He's a coach. I'm a coach. We're sticking we together. Just, we just beat his brother tonight. <laughs> Have some respect, BV50. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Brock says, "System this, dude." Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Mr. Cartier Seven, please stop, Larry. I'm visualizing that right now. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Those are good stuff tonight. Seriously, good stuff, man. Uh, oh, yeah, with this one. Dusty Gold. Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> or go up to Kyle and go, you know what, Kyle? You're tougher than a $2 steak. Oh, my God. Isn't that another hardball line? Yeah. Oh, man. MF says, I remember Larry's story from New Orleans of some guy and his dad getting hammered and the kid getting arrested. Oh. I was at Pat O'Brien's and a fight breaks out and I, and I break up the fight me and my, and, and Chris Townsend, you know, Chris Townsend. Yeah. And, um, and it's an older guy. It's like a 45 year old guy against like a 60 year old guy. Oh. Right. And the cops come, they separate the dudes. Cop goes over to the old guy. And I also, the, the 45 year old guy, and these guys are throwing blows on each other full on, wow. you know, it shots is- to the face. It was a real fight. Cops come, break it up. Young guy's kind of bleeding by the lip. Oh, my God. And I see, I hear the young guy. This is the classic. The young guy goes, why'd you have to do that, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> it was his freaking dad. All right. So the cop, it's New Orleans. The cop turns to the old guy. And goes, what should we do with him? Because the, the young guy's in uh, in handcuffs. Uh-huh. And I figured he was going to say, ah, let him go. You know, he's a stupid kid. Uh, he, You know, that's what I would say if I was fighting my kid. Yeah. He goes, arrest his ass. Oh, no. And the entire bar goes, woo! Oh, <laughs> Starts cheering. It's a great moment, man. Classic oh. New Orleans moment. Um, Clarsard says, how epic would it be if Harbs came to the Super Bowl parade if we take it all the way? Yeah, wow. right. Yeah, right. Crashing the Super Bowl. Well, what if Harbs is there because he's the coach of the Raiders? Ooh. What if Harbs is in the house? Harbs and with Harbs on the stage, he forces his way on the stage and, and Jed drops a who's got it better than us. Yeah, what if he drops a who's better than us and then Jim's about to say something and Kyle steals the mic. Only me or something like that. Not you. Ah, you know. <laughs> or Grant gets the gets the question at the podium and says, Did you ever think about going to Sam Darnold in the second half of this game? <laughs> <laughs> that Grant would be going, good. Grant going, Hey, uh, Kyle, who's got it better than us? <laughs> <laughs> and I want to hear that on Super Bowl night. Like I, <laughs> Kyle, I were you ever thinking about benching Brock? Mark Graves, I could see Grant asking Shani after the Super Bowl, why didn't Mason get any carries? <laughs> that was the best question. And he was like, he's averaging 6.3 yards a carry. How come he's not getting the ball? He's like, because he's the third fucking running back. <laughs> oh, man. I'm having so much fun. I don't want to say goodnight. 
All right. Raj has got to go. I got to go. Thanks to our sponsors, New York style Italian sausage. The only kind of Italian sausage I eat is New York style Italian sausage. Um, check out a uh, pig in a pickle. The only barbecue in Northern California that's worth a damn is pig in a pickle. Uh, Kyle to Harbs. What's your deal? <laughs> that would be awesome too. Uh, Raphael says great show, gentlemen. Thanks to Marin auto glass, four, one, five, eight, eight, three, three, zero, three, zero Marin auto glass.com. Like, and subscribe everybody. Um, Great stream, man. A lot of fun. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, have a great day. Bright and early tomorrow morning, Guy Haberman's going to be in the house. 9 a.m. Uh, me and Guy Haberman t- uh, stream tomorrow night. We're going to go every Wednesday at 9 a.m. So we're I'm doing a morning stream with Guy. Should be a hell of a day. Uh, thanks to Raj. Raj, tease anything you want on your channel. What do you got coming up? It's just same old, same old. This week I'm going to take it a little easy because I got, uh, it's, it's you know, no... Uh, playoff game this week and been working a lot so i'm gonna kind of keep it easy i'll still be posting everything but uh, i'm not gonna probably do uh the live shows i usually do just because the people that i usually collab with they're um taking it easy so i'll be uh cooking back up next week though raj where'd you get that hat can we see that hat what, what you got the big niners what does it say on the side you got pins on there what what yeah, do got you got pins we got the logo do i we see got, autographs on that yeah we got a lot of autographs we got who, do you, who signed that hat Oh man, I got um, who signed it? Talano Hufunga, Aziz Al Shahir, Brock Purdy, um, Spencer Burford, and who else signed it? Um, God, I, there, there's a whole bunch of signing signatures on this. I got it signed last year, a couple of times at training camp. I got the pins on here. I got the hat. I think at um, I don't even remember somewhere in the mall. <laughs> the only Niner hat that I have is I have a I have the old school white hat. Uh, where it says Niners in script mm-hmm. and has the red bill from the mid nineties mm. and un, I'm not, I'm not on the top of the bill, but underneath the bill, I got it signed by BY. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got all these last year. So I got Brock's last year because he was under, he would come out and nobody knew that who the Brock was. So he signed up. Like, I'll take the signature. And now I'm like, Oh, Brock pretty sound like a freaking hat, man. So it's like, yeah, okay. You know? There you go. You're living right. Showboat 278, final uh, final chat of the night. Let's effing go, Niners. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked for. Careful, 